0: Since being indicted last March as part of a wide-ranging corruption investigation, former Illinois House Speaker Michael J. Madigan has been personally soliciting campaign contributions for his Democratic Ward organization and has gotten more than $400,000 for the political fund, including $20,000 this month. These contributions from labor unions and other allies have helped replenish $302,000 in legal fees. Madigan's 13th Ward Democratic organization has spent since being subpoenaed by a federal grand jury as part of the ongoing criminal case.
1: Yes, yeah, so I'm going to say something that's going to get me in a lot of trouble. I saw, I saw this headline. I did not read the story, though. I uh, just saw the headline. And go, Oh, I got to read this story. So just so you know, folks, I don't know all the, the people who gave him the money, but I'm going to stand by. I'm going to say this right now. Yeah, I understand that. I understand why they're doing it. Of course I understand why they're doing it. It's not because they think that he's going to become powerful again and it will help them. It's appreciation for what he did. Yeah. He stood. He was the goalie who blocked Bruce Rauner from destroying collective bargaining rights in the state of Illinois. Like him or don't like him. And I was critical of, of Mad Dog for many, many years. My liberal friends go, Ben, you're a little unfair to Michael. <laughs> My liberal friends like look, Madigan has no ideology other than power. He wants to stay in power and he's a Democrat. And so it was all about staying in power. He didn't care about the ideologies that people like me wanted. He used his power more often than not to block them. He took care of business interests and he had his property tax business on the side. In my humble opinion as a lefty, he was a terrible speaker, but I cannot deny this, D. When Roner got elected, he stood up for unions and collective bargaining rights. He was there. Cullerton wasn't there. He was hiding under a table. Rahm Emanuel wasn't there. He was hiding under a table. This is before J.B. Pritzker was around. Lori Lightfoot wasn't there. She was a prosecutor or a corporate lawyer. So who was there other than Michael Madigan? And you could say, well, Ben, he was just looking out for his friends. I don't care what the reason is. He was there. He defended collective bargaining rights when that defense was needed. And as a result, he became public enemy number one by Router and Kenny G. And they punched him like a pinata. And he didn't do anything to fight back because that's that Michael Joseph Madigan thing, D, right, where he doesn't. I am not going to dignify that with a response. So pow, pow, pow. They whack him. And then all of a sudden his popularity is like lower than low right now. The guy's been gone. How long did he, I've lost track. Two years. Has it been, I've lost, I really have lost track since he stepped down. I think it's two years. Don't quote me. Look it up, ladies and gentlemen, Jamie, look it up. And, uh, (laughs) Jamie, I think we're coming up on two years, (laughs) two years. Okay. Thank you, Jamie. Um, my name's Dennis. Dennis. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so anyway, yeah, he stood up. He was there. You know, Collerton hiding under a table, Ron pretending like, what, union problems? I don't know. <laughs> All the liberals, your typical liberals, say they believe in union rights, nowhere to be found. Madigan was there. I know my reformer, friends go. Ben, I don't say anything nice about Michael Madigan. No, Ben. He's horrible. He's mean. Yeah. Well, he was there for the unions and collective bargaining rights, and I happen to be a big believer in union and collective bargaining rights.
0: And don't worry, those people tuned out anyway by now. They're <laughs> yeah, like, oh, good lord, title. he's done.
1: He's too radical. <laughs> so yeah, I understand why they're they're coming to it. Like, like Trump is still. Oh my God, the story broke today. Uh, Merrick Garland has appointed a uh, special prosecutor to to uh, take a look at uh, Trump's dealing in Mar-a-Lago. Jim Coogan, hello, Jim Coogan. We're going to have to bring you back in the show, explain all this stuff. Attorney Jim Coogan uh, explains the law, Uh, does a great job of it. Anyway, but the point is, I could see the solicitation appeals coming from MAGA right now to help Trump out, and they will pour in. I think there's a uh, more legitimate reason for unions and uh, union lovers (laughs) to give money to Michael Madigan than there is for MAGA, let's think an ordinary human being to give money to Trump. But that's a whole other story. So I can understand it, Dave. I'm not about to kick in any money for it, okay? But I can understand why uh, some people might do that because in their eyes, he defended collective bargaining rights uh, in Illinois until that moment when J.B. Pritzker defeated Bruce Rauner and the governor, instead of being hostile to uh, union rights, became a supporter of them. So. That's my take on that, young man.
0: There you go. A Madigan update, huh? Okay. <laughs> Your Ben Jarowski Show for wow. Friday, November 18th. is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go? What to do? What to eat? What to drink? What kind of pot to smoke? <laughs> so much more. Including columns from our very own Ben Jarosky. Ben, tell everyone about your latest column.
1: Uh, I broke down the election. I gave a shout out to. Speaking of speakers, I just gave a shout out to Michael Joseph Maddock for taking the strong stand against union, while well, like denouncing him for like blocking all the good lefty stuff I wanted throughout most of his tenure. Shout out to uh, Chris Welch. In fact, I'm just thinking about this. I'm going to be talking about this in a little bit about what New York uh, for the remap. Let's not kid ourselves, ladies and gentlemen. Gerrymandering is the name of the game. If you don't gerrymander, MAG is going to gerrymander you. In the state of Illinois, they figured it out. Chris Welch, very quietly and subtly, and denying it the whole time. Always would remember when he comes on the show. He came on the show about two years ago. I don't think he'll ever come on the show again after that. I'm going like, great job gerrymandering. He goes no, we didn't gerrymander. No, no, we don't gerrymander. We we just bring Republicans in a room and Democrats in a room, and it's a fair map. And I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> but a great job gerrymandering, and as a result, uh, the Democrats picked up a seat in uh, the Illinois congressional delegation, uh, even though overall the state lost the seat. So, um, yeah, that's uh, take a take a deep dive. Uh, uh, take a look at the uh, midterms that just passed. Chicago
0: Reader, Chicago Reader.com, And if you want to help out this program, you can Chicago Reader.com forward slash Jorofsky, J-O-R-A-V is in victory. S-K-Y. It is Friday, November 18th. And this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's. Oh, what a week! Cool. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky.
1: Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Clue New York, the clueless New Yorker Friday, and here's why. New York Democrats are clueless, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely clueless. Uh, article in the paper, the uh, New York Times, say Democrats see Adams at root of state losses. Hey, Adams that uh, headline is Mayor Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, uh, who is uh, one of these tough law and order Democrats, and um, so Democrats are saying he's the reason why Democrats lost four congressional seats. I think it was four congressional seats in New York. As a result, Kevin McCarthy uh, will now be the Speaker of the House in uh, Washington. Uh, Nancy Pelosi stepped down as the leader of the Democratic caucus yesterday. Uh, The Democrats have conceded that they will not uh, hold on to the House of Representatives. Still not known how many seats advantage the Republicans will have. Maybe one, maybe two, maybe three. Uh, The point is uh, the loss was a result of four congressional districts that flipped in New York from Democrat to a Republican. How could a New York, how could a state like New York, that's a majority Democrat flip. I'll tell you why they flipped, And it just repeat what I said before. The maps were tilted in favor of the Republicans. It's not complicated. Ladies and gentlemen, it's how you draw the boundaries and New Yorkers apparently still don't get that. I have never seen a greater collection of clueless people than the New York Democrats. Mm-hmm. And I got to give, I'm always critical of Illinois and Chicago, D, but I got to give Illinois and Chicago credit, at least with the Democrats. They understand this very fundamental point that has eluded the best and brightest Democratic minds in New York City and the state of New York that if you draw the boundaries favorable to your candidate, you will prevail. And in the absence of a national nonpartisan legislative map drawing procedure, Republicans will always have the advantage because Republicans understand this fundamental point. And you cannot find one Republican in the United States of America, one Republican with any significant power who will do what the Democrats in New York voluntarily did, which is give up their power. They are the most clueless bunch of amateurs when it comes to the game of politics. And in the aftermath of the embarrassment where a Democratic state flipped four districts, they're all, like, fighting among themselves. This guy's too conservative. This one's too lefty. Hello, Dems. Call Chris Welch. You know what? Call Michael Joseph Madigan. He's got a lot of time on his hand, right? The aforementioned Speaker of the House. All he's doing is defending himself. (laughs) Call who? Michael Joseph Madigan, former Speaker. He's got a lot of time on his hands. Come on. All he's doing is defending himself. Wow, I just repeated myself. I can go in a loop. (laughs) Give him a call. He'll explain it to you. It's called (laughs) redistricting. It happens every 10 years. In the absence of a national plan. And by the way, there is legislation in Congress right now to have a national nonpartisan plan. The Republicans are blocking it. Why? Because this redistricting mess, this gerrymandering mess works to their advantage. They're not dumb. They understand the basics. New York Democrats. uh, I'm a Democrat in New York. I'm going to draw a district that favors Republicans. There went our New New York live show. Our New York live show is done. Come on, New York. Even you got to admit you're dumb. No, no. You know what? Some millennials going to come on D and go, don't shame. <laughs> I can't even do that. Bit. You know how the millennials are mad at me when I shame the vote. Don't shame the voters, Ben. The voters are smart. It's the system. I'm like, some of the dumbest voters I've ever seen. But I mean, you know what? Chicago voters, you guys are geniuses compared to the Democrats in New York unbelievable amount of cluelessness. I'm reading this drivel in the New York Times. Uh, The New York Times doesn't even get it. Oh, the Democrats are at war. They're all blaming Eric Adams because he's tough on crime. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, like it's Eric Adams' fault. He had nothing to do with drawing those boundaries, New York Times. Even I know this. I don't even live in New York. Anyway, I can't
0: stop. Come on, New York Times. (laughs)
1: Yeah, New York Times, I'm subsidizing you with a subscription. Oh and God. it ain't cheap, okay? the Lord. Okay. Anyway, without further ado, I'm going to turn things over to the man, Mitt, the legend, the pride and joy of joy in Illinois. Because, oh, what a week he was, and, oh, what a week he has. Take it away, Dr. D.
0: Hey, let's find out what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. First up, Illinois news. There's nothing. <laughs> JB was reelected. Really, not much else to talk about. I love you too. Okay. Get the love fest over with. A1. Okay. It's, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> hey, let's begin I with. I love the, you. Sorry. I love you, I love you too.
1: <laughs> Is that you in the crowd? This, uh, it's, you think it's the same guy from the ROM? Remember the ROM re election night thing that you used to oh, always Oh, that play dude's it. gone and moved to Florida by now. I know that guy. Thank you, Chicago. There's a guy in it. I think it's the same guy. Yeah. I love you.
0: <laughs> Let's begin with the 2023 Chicago mayoral candidate update. A 2023 Chicago mayoral <laughs> candidate update. Date, 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 date. And you know, it may be cold here in the city. What? Watch out for that bag. But our Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot, is hot on the campaign trail.
1: Thank God. Science is back, baby. Sure. (laughs) The science of donuts when we get into that.
0: (laughs) Now, Lori Lightfoot is really hoping that we all vote for her next year in the upcoming mayoral election. And Ben, I think she's going to win, without a doubt. I think she's going to win. I'm Chewy Garcia. Okay, maybe a little bit of doubt. But nevertheless... (laughs) Uh, The Lightfoot campaign put out a new digital ad this week, an ad that serves as a little reminder to voters of what she has accomplished as our Chicago mayor. You know, Ben, maybe this is a reminder to us, too. You know, we've been negative a time or two hundred thousand when it comes to Lori Lightfoot's tenure. So let's hear this new ad. The ad is titled Delivers. And according to the Lightfoot campaign presser, features the characters Felix and Oscar... (laughs) They're just two dudes that just hang out on the couch. They're buddies. They game sometimes. Sometimes they watch TV together. Which one's Felix? Which one's Oscar? Uh, No clue. I don't know. But they are two Chicago, quote, experts. That's according to the campaign presser. These two campaign experts on whether Lightfoot has delivered for Chicago. Now, Ben, obviously, I'm going to ask you if the mayor has delivered for Chicago. But let's listen to the ad first. Really listen. All right. then afterwards, you tell me what you hear. Let's hear the latest ad from Lori Lightfoot. This is Delivers. Mayor Lori Lightfoot launches a plan of creating thousands. Has Lightfoot done anything? Given the mess she was dealt, Lori's delivering. Chicago's number one for corporate expansion and ranked best American city. She even got 5,000 new Google jobs. And she was cool during COVID. (laughs) Oh, who's at the door? Hey. (laughs) Did you order thousands of new jobs? And a pepperoni.
1: I told you she delivers. There we go. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so this is the uh, funny uh, Lori Lightfoot appeal. And you recall, uh, she's gone down this lane before during the COVID, during uh, the lockdown. Remember all those uh, public service announcements she did, which were along the funny vein. Uh, like the one where she's playing the guitar. She's teaching herself guitar lessons. Remember that one day she can't yeah. play the guitar. Uh, and then there's the one where um, she can't go get a haircut. Okay. Remember that one? <laughs> remember that one day? Huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Well, that didn't work out so well because it turned out she was bringing a barber in to get a haircut, which was donut gate before donut gate. So yeah. So every now and then she does the funny bits, the funny lovable Lori Lightfoot uh, to sort of counter her public persona as this mean person who throws sharp el- elbows and gets into unnecessary fights with people who just disagree with her on policies from time to time i mean it's, isn't it possible to disagree with somebody and just respect them uh, apparently not in the city of Chicago. Uh, so, it, so Lori Lightfoot every now and then likes to temper, of course, that image with a funny image. Now in this one, Felix and Oscar, which are they really called Felix and Oscar? Is that what, yeah, what they said? That's what it release. said
0: in the press release, Felix, Felix and, and Oscar. Oscar.
1: Okay. So that's a, for boomers. Apparently they feel that only people who are going to vote in this election are boomers. Cause only a boomer would know that Felix and Oscar uh, are the characters in the odd couple. One of the greatest plays ever written, Neil Simon. I'm just showing how ancient I am by even A, knowing the pl- the reference, B, the play, C, the playwright, and think it's funny. God, <laughs> I'm old. But uh, anyway, so, I mean, there's absolutely nothing of substance that they offer up that any, like, discernible, I don't know, uh, uh, Chicagoan who really follows the news would give Lori Lightfoot credit for. You know, this is though she was cool during COVID. Like what, what does that even mean? I, I mean, I could just go on and on on a list of mixed messages that Lori Lightfoot delivered. Some of them really hostile to the c- citizens of Chicago. I will never forget how she shut, just unilaterally shut down the parks. And in retrospect, uh, the lakefront parks, I should say. And in retrospect, we now understand that's like the last place you're going to get COVID. You remember that day? She got mad at the people of Chicago because on a gorgeous, beautiful day, it was March or something like that. Like one of the first nice days and weeks, they do what they always do when it suddenly gets nice in Chicago. They flock to the lakefront even though she had commanded them to stay home. No, but she and let so like,
0: she let Lollapalooza go. That's why she's cool, man.
1: Oh, is that what they're getting at? Yeah. So the two boomers named Felix and Oscar love Lollapalooza. I get it. I Actually, the characters themselves aren't boomers. They just have these boomer names. Anyway, she shut down the parks. And uh, I, I just, I probably, I don't think I'll ever really forgive her for that because it was just like, punishing Chicagoans for trying to enjoy a a moment of sunshine uh, by going outside where they're probably the least likely to infect one another uh, with COVID D, you know what I mean? And then keeping the parks shut all summer. I'll show you, even though it came obvious that you're not getting COVID outside, still keeping those parks. I remember during the summer, it was so hot people like you can't go to the beach you can't swim why yeah. it's hot you'll get covid there's no one here to give me covid and was like a, the lifeguard there was a time the, only-
0: the time when uh Lori was uh went with the police
1: to go bust up like beach parties remember that Oh uh, yeah, that and then that she got mean to the basketball players. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was just so. I think the last thing you would say about her in regards to COVID was that she was cool. Yeah, that's that's never the what cool. What your meaning of cool is? That's
0: never the cool character that's busting yeah. up the beach party in the movies. I see.
1: Yeah, you know, you're right. So, you know, or tells the basketball players go home before you, <laughs> you know, infect your grandmothers or whatever. She's trying to lay that trip on them. So it's like. I, uh, oh, here comes Kenny Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I I just don't see how you could claim that Lori Life at the way she treated COVID was cool. You might say, okay, she did a better job than, say, Darren Bailey, all right, who just said, uh, I don't believe in masks. <laughs> I'm not going to wear a mask. Yeah, okay, well, if the bar's low enough, she's high enough. But I wouldn't say she was cool. But even that is misleading and then the whole thing about the jobs oh my god that's that brings back memories of rom you know like somehow or other the the decision that google made uh is because of her rom used to try to take credit for every single job a subway opened on 35th street ram Emanuel was there for the ribbon cutting a lot of chicagoans believed it well a lot of corporate chicago's you know crane chicago business readers chicago tribune types they believed it nobody else believed it so it's part of the same thing d it's uh just take her credit for things that are not really something you want to give her credit for uh and then uh oh my god you're right the, the Lollapalooza thing that was another funny commercial where she did where they opened up Lollapalooza, yeah, yeah. And, and she pretended with dr awadi <laughs> oh my goodness
0: and I exactly. think I think really what she's referring to is the fact that like everyone had those cardboard cutouts like at their house. I think that's I think that's what it's kind of in reference to, right? I don't know if that's considered cool either, but
1: I don't know. And I and I'll uh, just push back a little bit. I'm not quite sure everybody had them. I know a few people. Like, Kelly Cassidy right. had and one. Kelly Cassidy uh, had one. KC, I see. You. And I
0: think that's what that dude uh, <laughs> he had. A, he pulled a T-shirt out, and that's what it was like that cardboard cutout, cool during COVID, and then that cutout.
1: Oh, uh, whoa. The deep dive. Oh
0: my! God. So it's more like she was trending during COVID rather than she was cool during COVID, right? This
1: is like uh, there's that rock show that comes on in the old uh, the classic rock station on Saturday nights where they take the deep dive into some of the old rock legends and the, the dude explains the lyrics. And uh, so you're explaining to me, so, okay, oh, that's what it's all about. But uh, still doesn't work with me. I'm sorry. That cardboard okay. cutout doesn't do it for me. Okay, well. Luckily, there is
0: Delivered To or Delivers To, whatever this thing's called. There's a second one of this ad, so let's hear that. Oh, by the way, that noise there, they're gaming. That's what gaming sounds like, Ben. Oh, they're betting game. No, like playing video games,
1: games. gaming. I'm thinking gambling. No, no, (laughs) no, they're playing games. Oh, yeah. No, these. okay. so the visual of these two uh, bros, I guess. I don't know what they are. (laughs) They're sloppily dressed, uh, you know, guys hanging around in their living room. uh, And uh, yeah, they're they're playing their video games. Uh, And they're talking about how cool Lori Lightfoot is, and she shows up with the pizza because she delivers. And uh, so,
0: basically, Ben, if he were 20 years old on the year 2022. (laughs) All right, so here we go. Our second one. This is what gaming sounds like. Lightfoot delivers. What about crime? People don't know. She's delivering record spending for violence reduction, getting guns off the street, and more money for police. You know, we didn't get into this mess overnight.
1: True, getting out of it takes time. And Lightfoot has a plan. Right? Hold on. I couldn't have said it better myself. Want to play? Love to, but I've got work to do for our city. Losers. (laughs) (laughs) I actually hadn't seen that one. I got work to do for our our city. Uh, I didn't realize that Lori Leifert was an Isley brother fan. One of my favorite songs of all time. Got work to do. Great song. Uh, And... um, Okay, I got a plan. That's interesting. What's the plan? (laughs) Nobody has a plan. I urge everybody to check out the conversation I had with Peter Cunningham about a week ago. He took the deep dive on crime in Chicago, policing in Chicago, the various strategies, things that we've never tried, we'll never try in a million years, things that we should probably do more of. Uh, And uh, I don't see really any evidence that any mayor in my lifetime has like a holistic plan and really it wasn't even an issue until i don't know rom rom came around i don't recall it being a big issue against mayor Daley. there was so much shooting and violence under mayor Daly in the city of chicago i don't recall anybody talking, blaming on a Daily, looking to Daily for, like, some kind of plan. This is, like, I think Chicago should look in the mirror about their whole attitude about crime and mayors and why suddenly they're blaming crime on Lori Lightfoot. I kind of, I'm sympathetic to her on that point. I don't recall Mayor Rahm having to run on the crime issue, being a law and mayor. Uh, although he did promise to hire more cops with TIF dollars, a promise that he immediately broke <laughs> upon getting elected. Just long tradition in Chicago, at least. Uh, Mayor Daley didn't have to promise anything. He was going to get reelected anyway. So he's just, I will just promise to be the great benevolent leader that you all respect and love and make sure that the sun rises in the east. And Chicago was like, okay, sounds good to me. I'm a Chicagoan. But then Mayor Rahm was like one well, the first mayor uh, post Hare Washington who had to like promise something. So he promised, okay, I'm going to hire more police. And he quickly broke that promise. Mayor Lori Lightfoot, oh my God, you can write a book on the promises she broke. So now that's like it's a new age for Chicagoans. Like our mayoral candidates make promises. And now now the rep, they go to Lori Lightfoot's defense as well. Of course, candidates make promises, but it's a total different thing when you're elected. Oh, I see. Oh, so we're not supposed to believe anything a candidate says. Well, let's be really cynical. Let's not believe in the system at all. and wonder why 40% of the people vote, 60% don't. So I, this, uh, this, this particular commercial really doesn't work for me either, D, but okay. uh, right. I don't think I'm their target audience uh, at all okay. uh, for Barry Laurie Lightfoot's re-election campaign. Well, I guess the mayor has
0: you in mind. All right, because we have a third ad. This one, hey, Felix, Oscar, beat it. They're getting (laughs) a little more serious on this one, all right? So uh, let's hear this ad from Lori Lightfoot. Cue that serious, stoic piano music. Believe in us, believe in this city. We have come through hell and back, and we are the better for it. Our economy is the best in the country. We are making significant progress in public safety, implemented some of the most progressive policies
1: that are going to make life better. I'm not going to sit here and tell you we did everything perfectly. We haven't. But we've tried our darndest to make sure that we got it right.
0: And when we haven't, you pick yourself up and you listen and you're humble and you learn from your mistakes.
1: She's not a perfect person, Ben. Okay. So this is uh by the way, the music, what was that movie? Oh, this is way before your time about the British runner. Da 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 That's like oh, the music Chariots da, da. Chariots What's something like Chariots of Fire. Chariots of Fire, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, that's what that was. <laughs> I could just see the campaign director. Can you give us like a chariots of fire feel to it? Da, da, da. Sounds good. But don't go too far because then the guy who wrote the music will actually sue us. Okay. Got it. So that's what that was. And this is sort of what Rom did with the sweater. You know (laughs) The lowest of the low, as far as I'm concerned, in re election. So, everybody, oh, let's go back in time. That's me going back in time. Uh, the year was 2015, and nobody liked Rahm Emanuel in the city because he was just an insufferable, arrogant uh, bully. And he just, uh, and nobody liked him. And so they had to deal with the fact that he was thoroughly unlikable. And so the way they dealt with it was to, first of all, drag out Barack Obama to sing his brother. I know he's unlikable, but. He's rough around the edges, but he's doing it for you. Oh, okay. you got to be cruel to be kind. Is that the message? Uh, and then uh, so then they brought out the sweater commercial where he says, I know I made mistakes, but I'm changing. And they like to signify the change. right? They had to dramatize that change because they're once again, they have such a low opinion of you, Chicagoans. You're not that bright in their minds. So like, how can we signify the change? I know. we well, have them wear a sweater. And then Chicagoans will be like, oh, he's not wearing a tie. He's wearing a sweater. He must have changed. Grandpa. Oh. <laughs> Chicagoans everywhere. I'll vote for him. He's wearing a sweater. Honey, look at this commercial. Rob's wearing a sweater. Oh, my God. He's so cute in that sweater. I'll vote for him, too. I'm a Chicagoan. It doesn't take much. So that was, so now Lori Lightfoot's handlers are saying, all right, listen, Mayor Lightfoot, here's what we got to do. We got to do the equivalent of what Rom did. Okay. Huh? That, that got them. You got to admit that you're rough around the edges and you may have made a few mistakes, but you put some stirring music on and you go, we'll be better for those mistakes. And Chicagoans everywhere go. Yeah. Yeah. You were cruel to be kind. You were mean and nasty to absolutely everybody that disagreed with you. <laughs> you yelled at You came off the podium Walked across the city council floor and got into Jeanette Taylor's face, Alder Woman Jeanette Taylor, for no reason at all. Just because what? She disagreed with you on something? Pointed your finger at her. So now you thought, well, I had to do that. I had to do that because you know, you have to be mean and nasty with people all the time. That's how you get through life. But now the softer side of me is learning, what? What have you learned? <laughs> I'm going to know what you learned. You know, didn't she say she learned something like we learned from our mistake. What have you learned? I I know what you learned. We learned it's acceptable to break a promise. That's what you learned. But I think you do that already. Everything she ran on D she didn't implement. And I'm saying this as a person who voted for her twice. Oh my God. Our longtime listeners are always laughing at me when they, I voted for Lori Lightfoot twice. I voted for her twice because I believed her. Mick Dumpke told me not to believe her, and I <laughs> believed her.
0: So you're saying Lightfoot
1: hasn't delivered for Chicago? <laughs> well, she's delivered. She delivered for uh, Sterling Bay and Lincoln. I mean, there's some people that she's delivered for. Okay. She didn't kill the Lincoln Yards deal, the TIF deal, that boondoggle, where they spent a billion dollars or so, more than a billion, gentrifying an already gentrifying neighborhood. Remember that one? She delivered for them. Okay. Other than that, I'm not quite sure who she delivered for, because I will point this out. The pandemic came in what one year in, and it kind of froze everything. All right. Think about the world before and after the pandemic. Uh, there was that needless teacher strike of 2019 that we talked so much about, where uh, Lori Lightfoot stood up to the Chicago Teachers Union, those mean, mean, nasty people who wanted more nurses. How dare you ask for more nurses in contracts in contract? They wanted more librarians. How dare you want more librarians in our public school? I'll show you, and then uh. The Sun-Times and the Tribune editorial boards are like, yeah, you give them hell, Lori. So, I, D, I guess she delivered for the Sun-Times and Tribune editorial boards. And they both have changed. They're not even like they were. You got know what I mean? they're, they're The old Sun-Times editorial board is gone. It's been transformed. It's a new day. The, the Tribune, I don't know what's gotten into them. They've, they endorsed a bunch of Democrats. So... She delivered for some editorial boards that no longer exist. Other than that, D, I'm not quite sure who she delivered for.
0: All right. And since we're already discussing the mayor, let's take this time to unpack Donut Gate. That's right. (laughs) Move over, Cinnamon Roll Gate. Here comes Donut Gate. But in all seriousness, Cinnamon Roll Gate was way worse than this. The following comes from Block Club Chicago. Mayor Lightfoot's car caravan parked in a bike lane so she could buy donuts. Bike advocates say. But others say she was on a delivery. (laughs) Mayor Lightfoot's uh. car caravan parked in a bike lane outside a Humboldt Park bakery. Infuriating bicyclists, was one of them been? Maybe. We'll find out in a minute. Who have pushed for years for safer infrastructure, bike advocates say. Bike lane uprising, a bicyclist advocacy group on November 9th shared a photo of two cars parked in the North Avenue bike lane outside Roser's Bakery, 3216 West North Avenue. The photo appears to show an officer getting into a car with the original photographer, saying the car was part of Lightfoot's security caravan of two large SUVs. The original poster also shared a photo of what appeared to be Lightfoot uh, inside of the bakery.
1: Yes, we took a deep dive on this one yesterday. Uh, and, um, but I hadn't thought of this until now. So which is worse? I'm now doing an examination. Uh, cinnamon roll gate or donut gate? Okay, so they're cut from the same cloth, as Dennis just pointed out. They're classic examples of people in power who say one thing and do another thing. Okay, so these are classic cases. This is, uh, Chicago's rife with these examples. In the first example, uh, many of you have probably forgotten this, uh, Tom Tunney, D- uh, Dennis's favorite alderman from the 44th Ward. <laughs> I always do that. Guilty. Just to- <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> 44th Ward, Alderman Tom Tunney, very powerful alderman in the city council stepping down, was the head of the zoning committee. Uh, and he runs a restaurant uh, in uh, Lakeview uh, and Sather's. I guess I'm pronouncing it right. Sometimes I wonder, is it Sather or Sather? I don't know. They, and their specialty is cinnamon rolls. Uh, and so at some point in the middle of the pandemic, when restaurants were closed, I think it was the police blog. I, I mean, I always try to give whoever broke the story credit uh, I think it was the police blog that broke the story, but it may have been somebody, I can't remember anymore, but I'm pretty sure it was the police blog, uh, broke the story that there was <laughs> what we called uh, a speakeasy in the back of uh, of Aunt Sather's where, like, if you knew the right, <laughs> like, I don't know what, you, you had to knock on the door and give them the code or whatever. You knew somebody who knew somebody that would let you in and you could dine. This was going on while all the other restaurants are closed down and when Tom Tony's official position uh, as an alderman in the city of Chicago and chairman of the zoning committee uh, is that the public was endangered by opening up restaurants in the middle of the pandemic. This is before uh, the um, vaccinations. So the public was endangered and we must follow the orders that the state and the city have uh, implemented. (laughs) Meanwhile, Knocking the door, knock three times on the ceiling. If you love me, hey, what's on the block. Sorry, and so we had a field day with that one, cinnamon roll gate, because it was pretty hypocritical. Made the Democrats look so bad. Uh, Gavin Newsom was probably worse in California, I would argue. Remember that one, yeah. the French Laundry or whatever that thing was. <laughs> Democrats, sometimes I don't get you guys at all, and yet I vote for you all the time. That's a cry for help on my part. <laughs> So uh a cinnamon roll gate is pretty bad, but T, hey, you're not giving enough. I'm sorry. You're not like, you're not really focusing on uh donut uh, gate. So let me just, as I've said before, yes, I am a bicyclist, but I'm an old bicyclist. I'm not young like you. I'm very much afraid bicyclist. I don't like to have to curve into traffic. It's one of my, like big fears. So if I'm going down like Milwaukee Avenue or I'm going down, uh, what's another street, Uh, Damon where there's a bike lane and there's some truck or car (laughs) lodged in the bike lane, I'm like you mother because that forces me into traffic. Now you a young man. uh, Anyway, I'm not him. Like he would just zip around that. I'm like, Oh my God, this is horrible. So I think there's a public safety matter, particularly since it's the same mayor. D, you got to remember this. Don't you remember Mark Wallace coming in the show all the time to talk about how hypocritical the mayor was uh, when it came to uh, thresholds on speed cameras? Remember that? Uh, and the mayor was saying, absolutely not. It's not about soaking the citizens of Chicago to find money because I'm too afraid to do a progressive tax site. It's all about the safety, pedestrian safety, and bicyclist safety. Remember that, D? Huh? Yeah. Huh? Uh, yeah. So I... <laughs> I think Donut Gate is giving uh, Cinnamon Roll Gate a run for the money in terms of hypocritical acts by our say one thing, do something else, elected officials. Your thoughts, young man? Well, I think it's kind
0: of what we knew all along, two things that we knew all along. Politicians are liars and people (laughs) drive like dicks in Chicago. Like We've all known that.
1: Hey, Lord Life, I think you should give uh, Dennis an opportunity to do. That could be our commercial. I, you could turn that into a commercial. You know, everybody, Donate Gate wasn't so bad. If it wasn't the mayor's security van blocking the bike lane, it would have someone else.
0: But compared to Cinnamon Roll Gate, which is like literally taking money from the people that live in your neighborhood and rubbing it in their faces.
1: That's the way <laughs> nice. it works you know what the kid makes a good point the kid makes a good point <laughs> I had forgotten cinnamon roll gate dude you're the I, alderman <laughs> dude how many times we, we really uh, we we did a lot of bits about cinnamon roll gate uh, anyway sh- shout out to Michael Girardi uh, hard rock driving rock and roller from the southwest side of Chicago we were supposed to meet at Ann Sathers, uh, we couldn't for some reason or another <laughs> I think he had the flu or whatever. But uh, the point is he wanted one of those cinnamon rolls after he heard all our bits about cinnamon rolls.
0: Now, the mayor's office did not respond to repeated requests for comment about Donutgate, but asked about the issue at a post city council press conference Wednesday, uh, Wednesday. Lightfoot said she did not know of the issue until local oh, okay. media ran stories about it, saying, quote, first of all. First, I heard of this report in the media. Obviously, they shouldn't have parked in the bike lane. Pretty simple. No bike lanes, no fire hydrants. They shouldn't have done it,
1: period. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. Finish your thought because this one just...
0: Bike lane uprising also pointed out Lightfoot tweeted about safe bike lanes only a few hours after its post about her parking in the bike lane.
1: Yeah, so I guess she did know about... Listen, uh, hold on, Mayor Lori Lightfoot. You knew they were parked in the bike lane because they dropped you off to get, so you could get the donut and they parked in the bark la- bike lane to drop you off. You knew they were in the bike lane because when you came out from the bakery with your donuts, <laughs> <laughs> they were waiting for you in the bike lane. Okay. So don't act like you didn't know they were in the bike lane because you got into the car while they were waiting for you in the bike lane. I'm just saying,
0: <laughs> I think and I think it's cute when big cities uh, try to act like really really small towns. Like it's very uh, small townish this story. Like rumor has it they parked on a bike lane
1: to get donuts. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> one step above Tavern Talk. <laughs> yeah, is this is one honest? step above Tavern Bob Dyer. I know the question. Bob Dyer. Bob Dyer, should have voted for you Bobby D, <laughs> but I didn't. I feel bad about that to this day. Anyway, so um I wonder if the mayor's going to do a commercial about Donut Gate. That would be an interesting commercial. Donut Gate.
0: She's she's going to go to Felix and Oscar's and eat donuts with the
1: weirdos.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They got their next commercial right there. Felix and Oscar are just like,
1: When she delivered the pizza to Felix and Oscar, she obviously drove up. Did she park in the bike lane when she made that delivery? I need to know, D. Do a little digging. All right.
0: And did she take a rip off the bong before she left? I don't know. Felix and Oscar got stoner Uh,
1: vibes. (laughs) <laughs> that is the vibe they're definitely sending out, which is kind of funny. It's like a dumb stoner vibe. Like all, you know, I know that's kind of an interesting, uh, sort of like image you want to put out there as your average voter. You know what I'm saying? Two guys just hanging around eating pizza in the middle of the day and kind of emanating that stoner vibe. You're right. D you're right. You know, uh, so is that the image we want to go for? Uh, by the way, she didn't uh, promise. Did she say anything about um, the cannabis openings? See, JB, when he ran, he, he I legalize cannabis. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, man, Lori, like, they're still having cannabis fights in the city of Chicago. Tommy Shuba is today's story in the paper. I don't know if you saw that one. Yeah, I don't think that's on our list. Uh, but young Tommy, got to give you a shout out. Two joins, Tom Shuba. Uh, story about uh, re- residents in the Gold Coast who think they just have too many dispensaries in their neighborhood. That's it! Too many! Remember Lori Lightfoot early on? I guess you can't use the commercial. She was going to ban dispensaries in the downtown. God, this is so pre-pandemic because she was worried that tourists would be offended. Hello! They're coming here to Chicago because they want the free... I'm free. Yeah. The legal reefer. It ain't free. That's... Free. <laughs>
0: I'm worried about Lollapalooza Oh why, because the citizens will get COVID? No, no, the tourists will get offended, man
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, anyway The COVID, the Lollapalooza The one where she dressed up I didn't finish the sentence With Dr. Awadi as hipsters Uh, They were so excited They were going to go see some bands At Lollapalooza So that's that's, this, this is uh, that, that 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 genre of Lori Lightfoot appeals the funny one as opposed to the Chariots of Fire. Woo! They should have her running through the streets of Chicago. Du, 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 du. Did Lori Lightfoot participate in any jogging events? D. I'm I'm trying to remember. I can't recall. No, you. Uh, no. Jog. no. No. No.
0: no. Not that I hurt No, I don't think so.
1: Thank God. Science is back, baby.
0: Oh, God. All right. More mayoral candidate news from people not named Lori Lightfoot, because after all, this is a 2023 Chicago mayoral candidate update. <laughs> a 2023 Chicago mayoral candidate update. <laughs> Chicago Magazine just released their mayoral power rankings. Damn it. Why didn't we think of that? Good idea. All jealousy aside, we'll look at those rankings in moments. But first, some sad news. Former Governor Pat Quinn announced Thursday that he won't run for mayor of Chicago. Here's the quote from Quinn. Quote, after much thought, I decided not to run for mayor of Chicago. I want to thank the people who came forward and encouraged me to run. But I'm going to spend the next year... And uh, more putting issues on the city ballot of Chicago. Pat Quinn said politics did not play into his decision. I'm Chewy Garcia. Whatever you say, Pat. (laughs) And no endorsement from PQ yet. The former governor said he's talked to all mayoral candidates, including Mayor Lightfoot, and said he sees the good in all of them. But he also declined to endorse anyone just
1: yet. Well, listen. Everybody knows I'm a big fan of Pat Quinn, uh, but come on, Pat. Politics didn't play into your decision. It's a political decision whether you're going to run for a political office. What's what? Why do people have such a like an aversion to the concept of being a politician? I mean, that's what you are, people. You're politicians. We talked about this the other day, Dee uh, Dee. Remember uh, Lori Lightfoot denouncing? Uh, Chuy Garcia is a career politician. Hello, Lori Lightfoot. You're kind of a career politician yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what what's the <laughs> matter with being a politician? That's what you are. It's be like if suddenly uh, DeMar DeRozan were to say, I'm not a pro basketball player. What, what are you? I'm different. I'm not a pro basketball player. I'm a basketball player. And he, uh, you know, he ran, uh, the last two races he ran, he lost. It's kind of fair. I always defend Pat Quinn. Uh, and just, I guess it's a knee jerk because he was an outsider and I was an outsider for so long, uh, in Chicago politics, like from the moment I've always been an outsider, but he, because of, uh, Rob Blagojevich going to federal prison or getting impeached before he went to federal prison, Quinn got to suddenly be the ultimate insider when he became the governor. Uh, and, uh, as such, he had this program that sometimes just kicked them around with the, I don't know if you saw that. It was a program to help at the end of 2014. No, was it 2010? I've lost track of time. Uh, he, he put a bunch of Chicagoans on the public payroll. Oh, that's shocking. He gave jobs to people who didn't have jobs, who needed jobs. And the corporate community in the city of Chicago said, this is an outrage, we must investigate. Never once heard this corporate community in the city of Chicago ask for an investigation, all those TIFF handouts, they've been feeding off for the last 20-odd years, all those law firms and architectural firms and real estate firms who have lower than they would ordinarily have rent in their downtown properties because their landlords are subsidized by the tax. Taxpayers in Chicago. Never heard them ever complain that. But Pat Quinn put a few poor people uh, on the payroll, gave them some jobs. This is an outrage. We must investigate. Typical Chicago attitude. When uh, a poor guy gets a little help, it's a waste of money. When a rich guy gets a handout, it's economic development. Oh, man. Come on, bright one. Get the game.
0: I say, anyway, what was you. I? Pat, Pat, Quinn. Pat, Quinn. Pat Quinn. Oh,
1: yeah. So, uh, yeah, he, I, I guess uh, that his vote is very similar to uh, Jesus Chewy Garcia's vote. So he figured, yeah, I'll just keep on being Pat Quinn and not run for mayor.
0: I say good on you, Pat Quinn. Chicago doesn't deserve you.
1: Dennis has always been this goes back to the days uh, we were at that radio station. I can't remember the name of it uh, that we got fired from. Uh, WCBTA 20. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Has always been a Pat Quinn a fan. Yeah. And I think at one point, didn't you produce a show he did at, at the old radio <laughs> station whose name I can't remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, He did a show. like one or two, How many episodes did he do? I, I booked him.
0: That <laughs> was my idea. I was like, let's get Pat Quinn to uh, do a guest hosting thing, you know?
1: How many did he do? Do you remember one, oh, two, he, three? He just did one. He just did one. Did one. Did you yeah. book his guest or did he book his own guest?
0: Ah, uh, he booked his own guest. He knew what. Wow. He, yeah, he he wanted to run the rodeo. He
1: knew what was up. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty good. He, he's pretty good on the mic. Uh, it, and it's it's the same crowd. It's such a weird crowd. Yeah. The same crowd that love Michael Madigan. You know the, the like corporate Dems. Well, he knows how to get things done, Ben. <laughs> you have to understand how the policy that, works. God, whoever that voice
0: is, that's scary.
1: <laughs> you have to understand how the system works, Ben. Don't be naive. This is how you get things done, okay? Michael Madigan, that's how you get things done. Pat Quinn, a loser. I'm like, and then, like, for the reform community, all of a sudden they got religion and turned against uh, Michael Madigan. I never saw you guys embrace Pat Quinn, you know? It's like, Oh, God. Citizen referendums? How uncool. He actually believes in this stuff? He believes in democracy? Oh, God. We don't want to be anywhere near him. What a loser. Maybe reconsider all this love you're getting on the Ben
0: show. No, they don't deserve you, Pat. Come on. (laughs) Who do you think Pat Quinn will endorse?
1: I I don't think he'll endorse anybody. I don't see him endorsing anybody uh in this runoff i'm mean, excuse me uh in the first round and again there's gonna be a second round ladies and gentlemen don't kid yourself nobody's getting more than 50 percent of the vote so i will see what happens. what the world looks like you know uh his running mate is a candidate uh paul Vallis it was pat quinn's running mate for he was his uh, lieutenant governor uh, candidate in 2014 against um a runner and that's something that Pat Quinn and I will never agree upon. I always thought it was a a, a bad choice for many, 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 many reasons. And Pat Quinn and I, I've had that conversation a couple times. And basically, Pat Quinn goes, his his opinion seems to be Ben. Nobody asked you. So, <laughs> all right, <laughs> who cares what you think? No hippie.
0: <laughs> now it is time for Chicago Magazine's mayoral candidate power rankings. I'm still jealous. The fine folks at the publication ranked all of those looking to make a run at Lightfoot's job. Let's go through the list, Ben. We'll start at the bottom, and we'll work our way up. Lori is included in this ranking as well. Shall we begin?
1: Yes, sir. I have not seen
0: this, so this is fresh. All right. Let's do this. Thanks, Chicago Magazine, for not putting up a paywall. All (laughs) right. So, (laughs) according to Chicago Magazine, there are 13 people running at the moment, and in at number 13 is dj doran ben please tell us who the hell is that guy
1: i don't know but
0: uh well don't worry i'm on the website uh, doranformayor.com dj doran is a citizen candidate running for mayor of chicago he is a retired air force captain and an entrepreneur running one of the largest lgbtq publishing companies in the united states
1: all right, uh, I'm, I think I'm gonna say this for about the first three or four candidates. Uh, you need 12,500 good signatures of voters to get on the ballot, registered voters to get on the ballot as mayor. 12,500, is no joke, it's very difficult. Uh, I don't believe uh, DJ Adoran will get 12,500 citizen of citizens of uh, signatures. And I do not believe DJ Dorn will be on the ballot
0: next. All right, DJ Dorn, if you're listening to this, don't listen to this guy. All right, keep going. You're going to get him. You're going to get him, dude. I'm rooting for you, brother. <laughs> All right. How about number 12? Number 12 on the list is Robert Earnshaw.
1: Anything? Uh, I never earn is from Atlanta there's a character in Atlanta named Earn but I don't think it's the same person this is Earnshaw as opposed to Earn so uh, I have right. no idea and whatever I said about uh DJ Dorn ditto uh, for Mr. Earnshaw alright well
0: I got the info here let's learn a bit about uh Robert Earnshaw also a white feller alright it says here at Earnshaw2023.com Let's see. Oh, he's got ideas, goals, and plans for a better Chicago. You want to hear that? No. Oh, well. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. Well, he's Robert Earnshaw. If you want to find out some information about that guy, go ahead. Maybe he's got, like, a good plan. I don't know, man. All right. How about number 11? It's
1: Frederick Collins. The police officer. Okay. Yeah, That's better than the the last two. You knew something. Well, he read, he was there. The reader did a story, on him, I read the story. Uh, I don't think he's going to get to 12,500 signatures either. So, moving on. Hey,
0: Frederick, don't listen to this guy. All right. <laughs> it's hard don't, to get 12, don't, don't let him ruin your weekend. All right. You're going to do great. All right. Don't let old bummer Ben <laughs> ruin your hopes and aspirations. All right. Let's do number 10. In at number 10, according to. To Chicago Magazine, it's J. Maul Green. Green is making his second run for mayor. In 2019, he ran as a police reformer but failed to make the ballot after Willie Wilson challenged his petitions. Petition gathering, well, he'll tell you here in a minute, is the most fundamental skill in politics. At 27 years old, Green still has time to
1: learn it. Well, okay, it's not that he didn't learn it, didn't know it. It's okay, one more time. Really hard to get 12,500 uh, signatures. Uh, and uh, what Chicago Magazine left out, yeah, Willie Wilson was the official challenger. But the man who did the hard work, the man that Willie Wilson tabbed to be his challenger, was the great, the legendary, former state senator, and good friend of the Ben Bedroska show. He hasn't been on it in a long time because he's so busy. Okay, he's such a busy guy, you can never book him. Uh, Ricky Hendon. And uh, Ricky knows the game really well. Uh, and I always like to tell people, um, City So Real, um, uh, Steve James' great flick about the uh, 2019, the de- documentary, I should say, about the 2019 Merrill run. It really gets, it takes a deep dive on the difficulties, and challenges of getting 12,500 good signatures. Signatures that can survive Ricky Hendon's challenge. Uh, and there's that scene where J. Maul Green and Ricky Hendon almost came to blows the fists were cocked, and they were ready to fly. And uh, that's how bitter and contentious it was. So I, will Jay Maul get the 12,500 good ones? You know Willie Wilson's going to challenge him again. Okay? He's not going to give him a pass. So I don't know, D. I don't know the answer to that question. All right, numbers 13
0: through 10. Keep in mind that there was a time when Lori Lightfoot was considered uh, you know, an underdog. And maybe Ben said the same thing when Lightfoot first announced,
1: right? You got to get those. Don't let the signature thing overwhelm you, right? Lori Lightfoot had a fight like hell and make the ballot because Tony will challenge her signatures. Well, no joke. I didn't know if she was going to make it. She, <laughs> it's no joke, ladies and gentlemen. It's ridiculous. Now, people go, Ben, if we don't lower the the, the requirement of signatures, everybody will run for mayor. And we'll be overwhelmed to be this like, 50 people running for mayor. So I don't know. I don't know, D. I think $12,500 is a ridiculously uh, high amount. But that's, a, that's our system. All right. 10, J. Maul Green. How
0: about number nine, Sophia King?
1: Okay, so Sophia King is the alderwoman of the fourth uh, ward, uh, and uh, which is on the uh, near south side of Chicago, the Kenwood area. Uh, she was appointed by Mayor Rahm to fill a vacancy. And um, when Will Burns left the city council, can't believe I know all this stuff still. Uh, and uh, she got reelected and now she's running. And there's a part of me, D, ah, God, you're going to go, Ben, you're jaded, you're cynical, uh, that thinks uh, that she may all ultimately run for reelection. She may actually be one of these candidates who's going around with two sets of petitions and that she ultimately decide, you know what? I'm just going to run for reelection. Uh, she was the one who challenged the mayor uh, on the, the issue of who would be the head of the uh, education committee in the Chicago City Council. We talked a lot about that one with Dave Cloets uh, on the show a little while ago. So um, I believe I can fly. No, I believe that if she actually does run, gets those 12,500 signatures. D, she has a lane. Yes, I believe she has a lane. Uh, she's really well connected. Her husband's a big time lawyer. Uh big house party DJ, you know. Yeah, by the way, shout out DJ Nate, uh, who also does producing on the Ben show. He's ready to do your weddings and your birthday parties, et cetera, and so forth. Uh with he he loves house music, ladies and gentlemen. Uh and uh she's friendly with the they're friendly with the Obamas. So, you know, you could argue she has a lane D but I'll repeat what I've been saying. This is the theme. 12,500 is no joke. So according to Ben
0: Jarofsky, Sophia King has a lane. On to number eight. Let's just do number eight and seven, both aldermans. Number eight, Roderick Sawyer. Number seven, Ray Lowe.
1: I don't know why. I mean, you should just tie them. I, why would you say Rod Sawyer or Ray Lowe are any higher on the list uh, than Sophia King? You know, you have three aldermen. They're known in their wards. They're not really known outside of the wards. I, I guess the Sawyer name is known by baby boomers because his father was the alder was the former alderman of the sixth ward. It was mayor of the city of Chicago briefly uh, after Harold Washington died. So, you know, but really, D, like, why would you position any one of them ahead of anyone else? Particularly Raylo, he's kind of in the same lane to get the runoff as like three other candidates. So. I don't know Chicago magazine. It's just kind of arbitrary. You know what I'm saying? To say like, and by the way, the same thing I said about Sophia King holds true uh, with Ray Lowe. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he just start, ends up running for reelection anyway. Uh, and Rod Sawyer, he said he's not running for re-election because he can't stand working with Mayor Lori Lightfoot. But that's, he, he said that uh, Rod Sawyer did. Uh, but um I don't know. Maybe he'll say, yeah, Lori Lightfoot's probably going to lose. I'm going to run for re-election as well. So I don't understand why you would have one alderman ahead of the other alderman. Uh, the reality is that most people in the city of Chicago have no idea who any of them are, unless you listen to the Ben Jarosz.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if the Chicago magazine was like, who's a subscriber here? Oh, Ray All right. <laughs> number six.
1: I mean, it's really come on, Chicago Magazine. Why, why, why are you hating on Sophia King? You know what I mean? Come on, Chicago Magazine, get me gay. All right, now this one was a bit of a
0: surprise. Uh, in at number six, over the alderman and woman, Cam Buckner. Buckner is an earnest progressive with a four-star plan for education, public safety, transportation, mental health, and the environment. He wants to add $436 million in funding to the Chicago public schools, create a 511 number for mental health calls, and a community policing program that recruits officers
1: from the neighborhoods they serve. Yeah, okay, again. Um, Why would you think he has a better chance than any of the... I would say Rod Sawyer has a better chance... Then Cam Buckner, just literally chance. I like Cam Buckner. His uh sister played basketball with my younger daughter. So I kind of, you know, I I really like Cam Buckner. Uh, you know, I just like I see that name in the ballad D. I may be tempted. I go Ben, what a dumb reason. Because his sister played with your daughter. Okay. It's, you know. It's maybe not the greatest reason in the world to vote someone for mayor. I admit it. But why Why would you put him ahead of the other alderman? I don't this. This ranking makes no sense at all. Nobody outside of his uh, constituents in his legislative district, which roughly is the same share, some of the same general territory as uh, Sophia King uh, knows Cam Buckner. So why would you put him at a Raylo? makes no sense. And then Ernest. Don't you think, like, when you say someone's Ernest, it's kind of a backhanded compliment? I think of like, those movies. <laughs> Ernest. Oh, my God, get your head out of the gutter, young man. Hey, Vern. Ernest goes <laughs> to camp. Uh, that's two urns on this show. I did The other urn from Atlanta, which, by the way, is a really trippy show. I don't know if you've seen Atlanta, D. Uh, it's like the Twilight Zone mm-hmm. for young black people. Yeah, it's it's kind of a trippy show. I'm enjoying it immensely. But anyway, uh, so uh, I don't know. Ernest's kind of like a Ernest, like he actually believes the things he says. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like Ernest. I, like what? Like, like how is so Raylo's not Ernest? Did Raylo not believe the things he says? Like what's Ernest? I, you know what I'm saying? Dm. <laughs> I'm not feeling earnest. as like a compliment. It's kind of a backhanded compliment. Oh, this dummy actually thinks it's legit. <laughs> All right.
0: And uh, let's move on to our list. For those wondering, no, there's not a earnest runs for mayor movie. Oh, we've made it to the top five, people. According to Chicago Magazine, these are the five mayoral candidates that have a shot at becoming mayor. Number five. Who do you think number five has been?
1: Oh, no, I had to read the mind of Chicago Magazine, so it would be Ellis, Lightfoot, Chewy. I would say uh, Willie Wilson's five.
0: Bam! Willie Wilson, number five. Wilson has a higher ceiling than most candidates, but also a lower floor. He's guaranteed to. go <laughs> that even me? He's guaranteed to get ten percent of the vote, mainly from South and West Side Black Chicagoans and lower-income voters, grateful for his gasoline and grocery giveaways.
1: That won't be enough to put him in the runoff, though. I I mean, I disagree. I think Willie Wilson has a lane to the runoffs, and um, I don't know the whole thing about lower income. I mean, it used to be, well, Willie Wilson's got a strong base uh, with churchgoers. That's what, that was the old thing they used to say about Willie Wilson. This is his third time around. He's well-known, you know, and um, uh, so I, I think his his lane is uh, clearer to uh, the runoff than Chicago Magazine has given him credit for. All right. Uh, yeah. But that's uh, going back to ceiling and floor. <laughs> which i'm still a little confused up with dyslexia i'm like oh god what's the ceiling what's the floor i'm all mixed up are we building a house what's going on uh i do believe if he does make the run i'll be challenging it depends absolutely who the other person in the race is because one more time he was a trump supporter he was a bruce Ronner supporter at chicago's democratic city so that will be uh, a difficult obstacle uh to overcome
0: Oh, and Chicago Magazine. Don't act like someone on your staff wasn't out there trying to get that free gas. All right. Let's have <laughs> <make> fun. <laughs> lower income voters grateful know, for his gasoline and
1: grocery giveaways. Yeah, I, I know. It's like... yeah. Poor dumb people, you know. <laughs> yeah, very. That's what he's got. You know? Very God. I'm smart, Damn, you're like, not vibes. Like, wow. Oh, yeah, dumb people who just took something that someone gave them. I was like, developers don't take handouts all the time and then vote for the politicians. But no, they're sophisticated. <laughs> I don't know. The, a, kind of a bias is showing in this poll here. I'm just saying. <laughs>
0: I know, I know. We're at the top four, all right? So we're not bailing out now. Okay. In at number four. Ben, who do you think number four is? You were right oh, on number five.
1: God. Oh god, I gotta read the mind of Chicago magazine and what a mind it is. Uh, if I could read your mind, love, hey. Uh, it's either Paul Vallis or Brandon Johnson. I'm going with Paul Vallis.
0: Booyah, Paul Vallis. Wow. Oh, we've talked enough about him, we're not gonna do a description. All right, we have made. We've made it to the final three. Ben, I think you know where the final three are. Can you name the order of the
1: three? Okay, so this is me reading the minds of Chicago Magazine, okay? I just wants you to go. Through. This is what I'm doing, ladies and gentlemen, okay? So I believe Chicago Magazine put Brandon Johnson uh, number three, and he is the CTU, Chicago Teachers Union uh, uh, political activist and Cook County Board Commissioner. Uh, so he's running with uh, from the left. Uh, I believe at number two, they have put Lori Lightfoot and number one, Chewie Garcia.
0: Ben, can you hand me that glass real quick? Yeah. <laughs> that was right you did it
1: you nailed it man oh man what can i tell you chicago magazine <laughs> in at number three
0: brandon johnson johnson also picked up uh, a union endorsement the service employees international union Healthcare endorsed him uh, yeah brandon johnson number three number two well there went your lori lightfoot interview chicago magazine lori lightfoot and at number one there goes your Chewy Garcia interview, Chicago Magazine. Jesus, Chewy Garcia.
1: Yeah, I, I actually think the Chicago Magazine guy uh, is is uh, is. Is right in that uh, these three definitely have a lane to the runoff. There's no doubt about it. Uh, so I got to give uh, Chicago Magazine credit. Uh, I don't know why they decided, like, which order, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I would, but uh, I believe uh, all three of these candidates uh, have a lane uh, to the runoff. Uh, and we'll see how it goes. But uh, so there's going to be a battle between Brandon Johnson and Jesus Chui Garcia as Brandon Johnson's uh, p- uh, lefty supporters uh, are going to try to paint Chuy Garcia as a spoiler. Uh, Chuy Garcia is going to try to position himself above the fray. Uh, you know, as though he's just got other more important things to do, like serve the good people, of the city of Chicago and try and hope that, uh, having uh, lefties bashing him helps him. If you follow that logic, uh, uh, D, uh, and then, uh, Lori Lightfoot, she's the incoming mayor. So, uh, I mean, just, you got to figure 20% of the people in the city of Chicago are just going to vote for because they know the name. I mean, we're talking Chicagoans here. Sorry, Chicago. I'm not supposed to shame the voters. But take a look at your your track record post Harry Washington. Just saying. Uh, so I could see why he would do that. Uh, he would have those three. Uh, the t- I think Willie Wilson's got a better chance than to make the runoff. And then the guy from Chicago Magazine or whoever is responsible for this. Thing. Well, Chicago
0: Magazine, don't expect a Christmas card from the Lightfoot campaign this year. All right. <laughs>
1: you no, know, she wants to be number one, and that's it. <laughs> but Asu Chewy Garcia, I mean, I think he's got like a lot of people in 2015 want to do a, a do-over. You know, D like they voted for Rom, and they go, well, "Yeah, I'm, now it's I'm going to vote for Chewy." I mean, you know, it's like they remember him from 2015. Uh, and you know my beloved lefties, we're a funny bunch. In 2015, he was a champion of lefties everywhere, and now we're supposed to—we're <laughs> supposed to believe that he's, you know, like something's changed between Chewy then and Chewy now. And as my lefties go at each other, like, they love to fight each other. They love it. They love it. Love it. Love it. So. Uh, when I'm not talking Lyle. So, um, yeah, was, uh, yeah, you got that one, huh? Yeah. Uh, and Vallis is the MAGA guy. So he that's his lane. He is a lane. MAGA. MAGA gets 15% of the vote. Uh, and I think uh, MAGA will go will choose Vallis over Willie Wilson. Both can make a uh, credible claim for the MAGA vote. But uh, Paul Vallis, come on. He's, like, hanging out with Jeannie Ives, the awake crowd at Naperville. You know, fraternal order police. I mean, he's MAGA's man in Chicago, so he definitely has a lane. I do not know how a maga man is going to get elected mayor of the city of Chicago. Uh, um, I don't see that happening. He can make the runoff, but I don't see him getting elected mayor of the city of Chicago.
0: So there you go, everybody. That's Chicago Magazine's top mayoral candidates who they feel has a good shot at winning this thing. I mean, it's still early. There's probably more candidates going, but hey. DJ Doran, <laughs> DJ Doran. Don't let Ben discourage you. Come on, get those signatures, my man. 12,500. Um, all right, don't do that. Okay, so there you go. That's the list. Ben, uh, you got some different ones on your list. I think we should make our own list, our own power ranking to their power ranking. What do you think? Uh,
1: I don't know. Let me think about that. I don't like the power Man, ranking. It sounds it's like a no.
0: It sounds like a big no. Remember, yeah. you can download previous Ben Jarowski shows, Benny J. Bonus interviews, and so much more. ChicagoReader.com or wherever else you download podcasts. Check out this weekend's Benny J. Bonus interviews. Ben,
1: who do we got on the lineup? Oh, my goodness. Tomorrow. Carlos and Rosanna and they were fired up carlos maris rosa alderman of the 35th ward uh rosanna rodriguez from the 33rd ward uh and they were pr- talking about bring home chicago uh ordinance uh and the meeting uh that was not a meeting the chicago city council meeting that was not a meeting they get a the deep dive on that uh, and they were fired up d they were fired up and ready to go that drops tomorrow uh we got uh, Romana uh coming on sunday we did a big talk about dave chappelle and her stand-up routine uh, I thought it was pretty funny stand up routine at Saturday night live. Uh, and then I haven't taped this one yet, but uh, Monday morning quarterback with Lee Allen Jones. He's very positive on the Chicago Bears ladies and group. Very positive. So this is all for all you bear lovers out there. This guy, Lee Allen Jones, uh, you know, he's a lefty politician. He ran the Green Party. Uh, so oh I'm not gonna listen to a lefty when it comes to football. No, this guy knows his football. former football coach himself, so we're gonna have a lot of fun with that. The Chicago Bears Justin Fields. Bear Talk, Monday morning quarterback. Ready, set, 2020.
0: Ready, set, 2020, and get ready and download those Ben Jarofsky bonus interviews. I'm Chewy Garcia. Hey, Chewy, we're done. It's over. Come on, man. <laughs>
1: all right very good outstanding job for young dennis i want to give uh just uh people let's give a big round of applause all right yeah all right thank you very much also want to promote our first tuesday show cannot i'm going to promote 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 uh it's going to be our last first tuesday show for a while maya uh, my partner crime uh, is about to give birth so i figure at least a couple months off uh so december 6th uh, at the promontory in hyde park uh alderwoman uh leslie hairston woman uh, Rosanna Rodriguez talking politics. And Joe Winston, the director of Punch Nine. He'll have clips from his movie. We talk about the city council then and now. be a fascinating discussion Tuesday, December 6th at uh, the Promontory. All right, that's our show for today. And one more time, on want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy, and the without whom this show would be possible. And as Leslie Harrison and R- Rosanna Rodriguez will tell you, back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for The Marvelous. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. Oh, oh, thank God.